you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B and J-Mac are on tap, and hopefully you'll be a part of the show as well as we go mm-hmm. to phone lines in the last segment. Um, today, I just will tell you straight out, um, <laughs> one of those show topics that <laughs> I just I just like, you know, when people kind of fight back a little bit, you yeah. know? I just do. I do. I do. Yeah. And and so whenever we, we uh, come across those stories... Uh, this story was sent to us yesterday by our own uh, Steve Jordahl, who who said that they ran this clip uh, on today's issues yesterday. And he did say that people commented that they thought it sounded like Miki. Okay. <laughs> I mean, now listen. Okay. All right. Um, hey. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Got things you know? in common. You know? I mean, you know, I could I could hear a little bit of it, you know. <laughs> um, but the thing that really made me giddy is that as I was playing the audio, um, I was like, who is this mom? Who is this mom? <laughs> and I got to tell you, I still really don't know who she is because I went to the original story. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it still doesn't really tell us who she is. And, that's, and maybe yeah. that's OK. Like, let's just call her Leviathan. I, I say yes. <laughs> yes. Look. That's so not today's, an insult. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, man. Look, look, you know, time is out, right? Time is out. Uh, that's what you want to be. Um, yeah, but today's show is uh, When You Stir Leviathan. Because mm. we got a couple stories. When, and mm. one of the stories is a little bit of an older story that was brought to our attention uh, during um, prayer with um, a group of leaders in media. Mm-hmm. And we were praying for the, um, I guess, the the various ways that we all use media or influence media. And maybe that's the way you would say it. Yeah. I, I guess that's the way you would say Sounds it. Sounds right so, to me. Um, yeah. So Alex McFarlane was a part of that prayer uh, call, that prayer meeting. Yeah. And um, it, it was via Zoom. Mm-hmm. And Alex McFarlane, um, before he prayed, shared a story that uh, so grabbed his attention that he wrote about. And I had not heard this story. And it's from a few years ago. But I had not heard um, this type of Leviathan mom moment, you know, and I thought this is this is the perfect example or one of many perfect examples, I think, that are emerging in our culture because people are tired of being shoved around. Right. And people are tired of being told that, you know, you can either give birth to these children or you can bring them into your home. However, it is that the Lord brings children into your family mm-hmm. Um, but they're not yours. Mm. People are tired of that. You know, they're they're tired of, you know, you can go down to the local grocery store and rack up hundreds of dollars in grocery bills, you know, feeding them, mm-hmm. you know, because they have to eat. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, but then be told that they're not yours. People are really tired of that. They're They're tired of hearing what you get to write on the tablets of your kid's heart versus what, you know, culture and teachers yeah. and administrators get to write 
on the tablets of your kid's heart. And and so parents are rising up. And I, I put this in the category of when you stir Leviathan, mm. like when you when you touch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I mean, and the Bible's very clear about uh, this sea creature here. And and so <laughs> if you hadn't heard this illustration before, uh, we'll double back to it. I, I want to read something, hopefully, that will encourage you. Now, again, when we talk about Leviathan moms, you can be a Leviathan dad as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Just this is it's a type of attitude yeah. is what it is. Yeah. All right. It has nothing to do with your appearance. You want to put lipstick <laughs> on the Leviathan, you can't. <laughs> I don't care. That may be I just, weird. I, yeah, I, <laughs> give the Leviathan some lashes. Tinka, tinka, tinka. Um. Anyways, no. I just think the time is over. The time is over for people sitting back and saying, "No, they're good people. No, they're gonna do what's right." And and at the same time, sending your kids to them, and just sort of hoping, you know, you know, maybe, maybe they will they will say what we say about mm. issues. You mm-hmm. know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. And then at the point that you're already too invested, um, you know, you're kind of scrambling because you've submitted your kid and now your kid has been uh, re-indoctrinated uh, right under your roof. So so anyway, just to give some background and then we'll go to uh, this story that comes out of uh, Loudoun County, Virginia. Mm. <sighs> hey, Virginia. <laughs> See you soon. Stand up. Um, yeah, stand up. <laughs> this is good. This is really good. All right. So, so why are we calling this? Um, why when we talk about um, Leviathan and when you stir Leviathan? So, I was looking in um, scripture, and this was prompted by a conversation that I that I had with Will, and we were talking about how you get to that point where you get tired of um, just being pushed around, yeah. you know. And Christians keep getting pushed around in culture, and for some reason, we think that the blessing that we have. Um, in part in in living in this country and being citizens of this country, we think that that is something that we're supposed to just passively enjoy Mm. when the Lord has afforded us an opportunity for influence. Like we can make changes. We can do some things that are critical. And one of the things that I often go back to and having this conversation and even I, we go back to this when we train our kids about their rights as American citizens, Mm -hmm. when we train our kids about how they're supposed to live for the glory of God, how they're supposed to be salt and light. We go back to the Apostle Paul as an example, who knowing his full rights as a Roman citizen appealed to those rights all the way up to Caesar. Yeah. Guys, I don't know where, I don't know who told (laughs) us somebody lied. I don't know why I said it like that, but somebody lied and, and somebody said, you know, no Christians, you have these rights, but listen, just bat your eyes and stand in your corner. And I, I just, you know, my thing is, how do you, you don't, you don't see that in scripture. Yeah. Now you don't see the apostle Paul vainly appealing to his rights for his own self-interest. What he has in mind is the preaching of the gospel. Amen. So how do we live in this country where we know, I mean, you can't, you cannot even pretend like this country is gospel saturated. Y'all it's not. All right. The gospel needs to continue to proliferate in this country. That's right. Send missionaries here. Right. And, and yet we sit back and we continue to allow for rights to be eroded. We continue to allow for our voices to be silenced. And then people say, no, you just need to be a good Christian. You just need to tuck in, tuck, tuck in and just wait, keep looking up, keep looking up. (laughs) So where does the making gains part come in? Mm. Where, where, where does that come in? Uh, You let the world do that. And they the are can make games. and they are left and right every single day. Yeah. So anyway, so here's my point. My point is that Christians need to get sick and tired 
of um, I, well, it's old, but I'll say it. They need to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop complaining about it and and understand that the Lord has given us an incredible opportunity in this nation. Yeah. And we're not second class citizens because the nation has declined. Because there's been a flip. I just mm. want you to understand that because the nation has declined. The Christians appear now to be the second class citizens, the ones who are getting in the way of quote unquote progress. But the call is the same now as it was at the founding that Christians are supposed to be salt and light. Amen. It's the same call. It hasn't, hasn't changed. changed. That's right. It's darker, <laughs> but the call hasn't changed. Right. So the, the light should shine brighter. But here is this here is this um, this creature that is mentioned in the book of Job. And I, man, I just look, guys, be about this life. <laughs> <laughs> if you chuckle, it softens it. Um, be about <laughs> this life. OK. But there is this creature that is uh that is mentioned in job chapter 41 all right and this creature is sort of held up by the lord god before job as i made this creature Mm -hmm. okay that's the that's the point of why this creature is described okay god is saying i made this creature okay and god describes for job this fierce creature that no one dares to touch no one dares to rouse no one dares to uh, man and i how can you not appreciate god's sense of humor right and and the the way he illustrates his point we are constantly we were talking to the kids about this today we are constantly mimicking god (laughs) constantly you know like all of the things that we think originate with us are just reminders that we are made in the image of god that's right amen so, so in Job chapter 41, where the Lord presents for, um, for Job's consideration, Leviathan, okay? And I want you to just think about this. And I want you to think, again, about the moment that we are having in culture, okay? Forget about the mama bear, all right? <laughs> God didn't bring her up to Job, okay? I mean, and that's <laughs> fine, you know? <laughs> And forget about the tiger mom. I think that's fairly recent anyway. But forget about all of that. <laughs> let's go a step further and let's go Leviathan. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> 21st century America calls for Leviathan. Mama Bear probably worked 20th, 1918 century, maybe. <laughs> Can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make many pleas to you? <laughs> Guys, do you? Okay. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is God's sense of humor, right? This, he is the king of rhetoric. It's a question that's a statement. He's not <laughs> expecting Job to give him an answer. He's telling Job, but he's, he's, he's forming this, this statement as a question. Okay, man, glory to God. All right. Um, can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make many pleas to you? Will he speak to you soft words? Will he speak to you soft words? Will he make a covenant with you to take him for your servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird? Or will you put him on a leash for your girls? Y'all behold your God. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, behold your God. Why? Why? I just don't understand why Christians sometimes behave so weak. Like why we're so like, well, don't say don't. And you know, all right, you're going to put him on a leash for your girls. Will traders bargain over him? 
Will they divide him up among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hands on him. Remember the battle. You will not do it again. My Bible has an exclamation point at the end. I don't know what other people's. Does yours? Okay, (laughs) man. All right. Behold, the hope of a man is false. He is laid low even at the sight of him. Verse 10. No one is so fierce that he dares to stir him up. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm. What happens when you stir up Leviathan, right? Like what happens when people start touching, figuratively speaking, and sometimes literally, people's children, Mm. right? When you start to rob children of their innocence, when you start to coat children's days in depression and guilt and self-loathing, when you start to create the kind of environment where people are hating one another, envying one another, despising one another, and we're talking about all before the age of five, (laughs) then that's when Leviathan is stirred. That's when the time comes where parents are like, enough. Enough, yeah. That's right. You're not going to just ask me to bring cupcakes down to the local school board meeting (laughs) while you guys are terrorizing our children. Enough of this. Now look at what the Lord does. The Lord says he produces or submits this this creature to Job. All right. He says no one is so fierce that he dares stir him up. And then this is what the Lord says. Who then is he who can stand before me? Hmm. (laughs) This is God has not invited Job into a friendly game of hopscotch. He's telling him something about who he is. And he uses this fierce creature to paint a picture. He's saying, now, you you, you get this picture of this creature? And how fierce it it is and how great it is. Yeah. Then he says, who can stand before me? In other words, (laughs) I made that, Job. Job, I, I made that. So you must understand that I'm greater than what I made. Come on. Y'all. All All right. Anyways. (laughs) We have to grab the break on the other side of the break. Just a just a little more, just a little more about Leviathan, just a tad bit more, because we have to get to verse 25 as well. And then we'll talk about what it looks like in parents today. Moms in particular, but dads, hey, come on. Right. Hmm. Like we I mean, we have a job to do. What does it look like when you stir Leviathan? Hmm. Aaron, the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio, the question or the statement when you stir Leviathan, when mm-hmm. you stir Leviathan. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Path of Revelation, Believers. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Um, we were looking at Job chapter 41 before we went to the break, where uh, God is uh, submitting to Job um, for a point of reference, <laughs> this mm. fierce creature that he has made, right? Yeah. And, uh, and in verse 11, 
he says, well, the second half of verse 10, he says, who then is he who can stand before me after he's kind of uh, begun to paint this picture? It's not over yet. Verse 11, he says, uh, who has first given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. Uh, Verse 12, I will not keep silence concerning his limbs. He goes right back into talking about Leviathan (laughs) or his mighty strength or his goodly frame. Who can strip off his outer garment? Who would come near him with a bridle? Who can open the doors of his face? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I mean, can you imagine? I'm sorry. Can you close the doors of your face? I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm beside myself with fear. Verse 14. Who can open the doors of his face around his teeth is terror. His back is made of rows of shields shut up closely as with a seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. I want you to think about this and I want you to think about where um, we're going to end up with what God says about Leviathan. Guys, this is in your Bible. This, <laughs> this is in your Bible. Okay. Um, verse 17. They are joined one to another. They clasp each other and cannot be separated. His sneezings flash forth light. And his eyes are like the eyelids of the dawn. Out of his mouth go flaming torches. Sparks of fire leap forth. Out of his nostrils comes forth smoke. And from as from a boiling pot and burning rushes. His breath kindles coals. (laughs) And a flame comes forth from his mouth. In his neck abides strength and terror dances before him Hmm. the folds of his flesh stick together firmly cast on him and immovable his heart is hard as stone hard as the lower millstone now think about that Um, this is amazing we had this conversation Mm -hmm. um when we were looking at when we were discussing this with our kids how god displays his glory and what he has created and one of our kids made the point, and I can't remember which one it was, but one of our kids made the point that because of the way the Leviathan is described in Scripture, and we haven't gotten to it yet, you'll see as we keep reading, his heart would have to be made of stone. Hmm. And he would have to have all of these shields, all of these things that serve as a protection because the Bible is going to let us know that Leviathan just kind of like hangs out laying on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> So can you imagine the weight that's on him? I mean, Mariana Trench, like, can, can we talk about like the deepest part? Like, you know, you talk about the weight of water. And so you would have to have a creature yeah. that is uniquely designed to be able to bear up under that weight. But here is God saying, yeah, uh, <laughs> I know. And I did it. Yeah. I'm the one who made him. Right. And this is the exchange that he's engaging in with Job. Yeah. All right. Man, it's, it, it really truly is amazing. Verse 24, his heart is hard as a stone, hard as a lower millstone. When he raises, it, when he raises himself up, the mighty are afraid. Mm. Hmm. When you stir Leviathan, this is, this is a part of the, the focus here. When he raises himself up, the mighty are afraid. At the crashing, they are beside themselves. Though the sword reaches him, it does not avail. 
nor the spear, the dart, <laughs> or the javelin. He counts iron as straw <laughs> and bronze as rotten wood. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the arrow cannot make him flee. For him, sling stones are turned to stubble. Clubs are counted as stubble. He laughs at the rattle of javelins. His underparts are like sharp potsherds. He spreads himself like a threshing sledge on the mire. He makes the deep boil like a pot. He makes the sea like a pot of ointment. Behind him, he leaves a shining wake. One would think the deep to be white-haired. Can you get a picture mm. of this? Mm. On earth, there is not his like a creature without fear. That's why I said bye to the bear. <laughs> you see, the bear, I mean, that was fine. And everybody understood that. Yeah. But the Bible says of the Leviathan that on earth, there is not his like a creature without fear. He sees everything that is high. He is king over all the sons of pride. Listen, um, so what I'm saying is there must be something that happens when parents get tired. Yeah. When Christian parents in particular get tired, it no longer becomes just the, <laughs> the, the normal routine where you're like, well, I mean, they're going to be exposed. What? What? People are vying for where your kids are going to spend eternity. Man. There's a fight over where your kids will spend eternity. And you're like, well, I can't control everything. What? <laughs> where's, where's Leviathan? <laughs> well, I think, I think that increasingly, increasingly, Leviathan is stirring. And parents are seeing that, you know what? I don't have to just take this. And so they're doing what they have to do. If you make decisions for your kids, you have to follow through. You don't need me to tell you that. I'm just encouraging you. When you make decisions for your kids, you have to follow through. So when the Lord leads you and you say, well, this is where I'm supposed to, this is where I got to have my kid. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is what, so then there's going to come with that a lot of responsibility. And for each decision, it's going to be different. But I'm going to tell you, it can be no less than 100% involvement if you have your kid in a public school context. No less. Come on. You might give more, 110. 115, 120, but you cannot give less than 100% mm. if your kids are in a public school context. Because every single day, every single hour, without fail, there is a battle that is going on. So we have this mom in Virginia. And this mom goes down to the school board. And apparently... This this Loudoun County, I guess I'm, I'm just kind of trying to fill in some of the blanks here. They were thinking of adopting critical race theory, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they were going to, you know, I guess, begin to have curriculum or, or curricula that reflect that. And this mom went down to a uh, school board meeting. And uh, she was having none of it. She was stirred. And I think we have a clip. You want to listen? Here we go. In the words of Martin Luther King Jr., I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Now I have a dream that we will implement love, not hate, or supporting another Jim Crow's agenda. CRT is not an honest dialogue. It is a tactic that was used by Hitler and the Ku Klux Klan on slavery very many years ago to dumb down my ancestors so we could not think for ourselves. 
CRT is racist. It is abusive. It discriminates against one's color. Let me educate you. An honest dialogue does not impress, oppress. An honest dialogue does not implement hatred or injustice. It's to communicate with deceiving, without deceiving people. Today, we don't need your agreement. We want action in the backbone for what we ask for today, to ban CRT. We don't want your political advertisement to divide our children or belittle them. Think twice before you indoctrinate such racist theories. You cannot tell me what is or is not racist. Look at me. I had to come down here today to tell you to your face that we are coming together and we are strong. This will not be the last. Greet and meet respectfully. Oh, man. Well, I you know. um, mm. <laughs> Man, I, I could listen to that on loop for just a little bit. You know? Man. She said, we had to come down here to tell you to your face. <laughs> we're, hey, we're not taking that's this. That's what it takes. I don't need you to tell me what's racist. Look at me. <laughs> I don't. Guys, this, it will, it cannot be anything less than that. Man. It cannot be anything less than that. You got to have people. And let me say something in particular, especially as it pertains to the topic of critical race theory. You've got to have black moms and dads going down to the school board and mm -hmm. saying, you're not going to normalize stupidity for my children. Come on. <laughs> Come you hear on. what I'm saying? Yep. Do you guys understand? Like, you, you've got to have the kind of, like, you know, oomph, <laughs> right? Where you leave, like, a, a white-haired foam in your wake. Like, when you leave, they're like, whoa. <laughs> right. Le Leviathan's been here. <laughs> Why? Because this is foolishness. But as long as people keep silent, everybody thinks that the emperor has on clothes. Mm. As long as people don't say anything, it's sort of like, well, I guess this is just what our kids are to be taught. So you need two. you need, you need, you need two things. Okay. So you need black parents who are going to go down to the local school board in increasing numbers. And they're going to say, no, indeed. No, indeed. I have worked too hard to tell my kid that he or she can do or be whatever it is that the Lord God calls them to do or be. I don't need you telling them what they can't do, what opportunities are not available to them because somebody wrote it in a book for you. You absorbed it and absorbed it. And now you believe it. Mm -hmm. So you need black parents doing that. Then you need white parents going down as well and saying, uh-uh, nope. I have worked too hard to tell my kids that they're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. I don't need you telling them that they are racist oppressors. Guys, both working together right. will make a difference That's and right. move the needle. Yep. But you know what? You can't, you, you this again, back to Job 41. Um, on earth, there is not his like a creature without fear. Hmm. So if you're afraid that people are going to judge you or give you a strong, hard stare, Paddington's aunt, you know, <laughs> then you're going to do nothing and this will continue to happen. But do you think that school board like just dismiss this mom? This is viral now. Mm. You know what happens when you have things like this? You have other people who say, well, hold up. Yeah, the backbone gets stiffened. stiffens. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So so on Tuesday, our brother Alex McFarlane um, shared this story of, of uh, parental involvement and what it looks like when moms are like, you know, uh, no, <laughs> this is not going to happen. And I thought, man, I really wanted to share this with our listeners it's from a few years ago. But this is the type of involvement, again, that I say 
It cannot be anything less than this. I give a little disclaimer here because the nature of what these parents had to deal with may not be suitable for some ears. But again, at the same time that I give you the disclaimer, I will just remind you it was in schools. It was in school. So I have to give you a warning, but it was freely taught to kids. You see that? Hmm. All right, here we go. Here's the article. This is um, Alex McFarlane, uh, an opportunity to make a difference for Christ. Uh, Like all responsible parents, Sharon and Scott Yale were thinking carefully about when to talk with their children about the facts of life. As committed followers of Christ, the Yales especially desire to impart biblical values to their kids regarding marriage and human sexuality. With their children growing from late childhood to pre-adolescence, the time to talk about such things was fast approaching. But when their middle school age son came home with a booklet explaining 12 ways to use a condom, They knew that public education had beaten them to the punch. Mm. Quote, my husband and I couldn't believe how explicit and objectionable the curriculum was, Sharon says. Quote, and presented without first notifying parents, no less, end quote. The Yales are one of countless couples who have discovered their kids being taught content that conflicts with their family's morals and values. Quote, in addition to filling out, I'm sorry, to filling our child's mind with content that we found objectionable as parents, we felt like a moment was stolen from us, Mm. Sharon says. My husband and I were going to train our children about these matters on our timetable, a progressive, relativistic sex ed curriculum, which they later learned was funded in large part by Planned Parenthood, took that away. But this Christian, civic-minded mom was not afraid to make her voice heard. Listen very carefully here, folks. Sharon and other moms attended the local school board meeting in their western North Carolina town and voiced their concerns about the explicit curriculum. Members of the school board, however, did not share their concern. Members of the school board, however, did not share their concern. Quote, I just felt like we weren't being heard, Sharon says. This explicit curriculum was not good for our kids and approved curriculums that promoted an alternative message, sexual abstinence, were not or were being ignored, end quote. The board's response to the request for a curriculum change was no. But Sharon Yale isn't easily discouraged. She persuaded parents, members of the community and local media to all join her at the next meeting of the school board. Can you see Leviathan stirring? (laughs) Right? So first I try to reason with you and you say no. So you don't back down. Now listen to this. Not only did all these people attend, but the pastors of the churches where the board members attended Uh also came down to the school board. Uh Uh-oh. Please don't miss what I just said. This mom, Leviathan went to the churches where these school board members attend and said to the pastors, please come with me to the school board meeting. (laughs) There's something that you need to know. (laughs) It was a defining moment. Wow. Continuing to defend an inappropriate sex ed curriculum before the watchful gaze of their pastors was something that board members could not do. Mm. 
They went into session and threw out the curriculum and implemented the pro-abstinence curriculum. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll grab the break and be right back. So we have all types of uh, parents who are listening as far as their conviction goes about how they're going to educate their kids, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You've got parents who have made the decision to pull their kids out to educate them at home Mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. This is something that the Lord um, impresses upon the heart of a a mom and dad. This is not something that is entered into lightly. You've got parents who have their kids educated in a private school setting Mm -hmm. and and still keeping a close watchful eye on what is being taught there because that does not mean that it's automatically okay which let me back up just because you're educating your kid at home does not mean that it's automatically okay i I want to i want to make sure that people understand that will the great and i are actively teaching our kids yes let me tell you what that means that means that even though we have curricula from christian companies Mm -hmm. We are checking it against facts and the word of God. So we don't just take. Now, this is just the way we're designed. Not everybody's going to do this. For some people, it's just like, no, I mean, it's okay. You know, I I got it here and I know. And that's okay. It takes a little more time. It, It is. It is a little more time consuming. But it just is not. I don't want people to think automatically you can just, you know, press the cruise control button right. in that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people yeah. can like can rosy up like homeschooling. Like, yeah. And so we just like whenever people start putting the word just in front of stuff, I'm like, <laughs> man, come on, man. There's no yeah, just in that. Like, that, you're, anyways, Um, so it's it's hard work. But um, we believe that we're going to see a return on that investment. It's hard work. Same thing for private school. Right. You've got to make sure that you know what your kid is being taught. You have to read the material. You have to. You you can't just let them sit in their room with their headphones on com- completing assignments. You know what I'm saying? You, you've got to be involved. And so if you've got your kid in a public school context, the same, if not more, is required. Yeah. So for you. Not only is it reading the material and asking them what they're learning, not just how was your day and accepting good as an answer. You need to ask more open-ended questions. Tell me some things you learned today. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what you tell me what you learned in English. Tell me what you learned in math because even that can be oppressive. And and the Lord may be stirring to join school boards to run for, yes. you know, to be on the school board. We need people like you on there to show up. That's yeah. exactly yeah. right. Or even if you don't do that, to go to the meetings. Yes, you know, like that's these right. moms. That's right. Be a presence. Yeah. Be a presence like, you know, you know, I'm not saying that you got to snarl at people, but make sure that they know all doors of your face are present. Like <laughs> Leviathan, the doors of your face. <laughs> like, did you see them? Did you see them there with all the doors of their faces? Like, I mean, guys, listen, we can't. These are our children. Yeah. These are our children. And if and if they are not going to be precious enough to us for us to put in a little extra effort. 
right? Then I don't know, number one, I don't know anything else that's going to that's gonna be that for us, right? And then number two, there are people who are waiting for that. You're not going to eat that? Mm. Oh, you're not going to eat that? No, nah, don't throw that away. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? There, there, mm. there are people who are waiting for your pizza crusts. <laughs> <laughs> Before we open the phone lines, let me give the numbers, so getting some calls queued up. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. The topic today is when you stir Leviathan, when you stir Leviathan. But before um, we go to the phone lines, I want to end with um, something that Alex McFarlane wrote in this article. I thought it was really good. He kind of uh, summarized this story and, and, and how Christians are called to engagement um, in a section of his article uh, called an ethic of citizenship, mm. an ethic of citizenship. And this is what he wrote. And while the phones are getting queued up, I'll, I'll read this to you. In obedience to Christ's great commission and in a quest to preserve our Constitution and freedoms for future generations, it is imperative that Christians embrace an ethic of citizens, citizenship. Translation, get involved, mm. <laughs> he writes with an exclamation point. And then he says, here are several things to keep in mind. Christians are called to be salt and light in the world. We must engage others with gospel truth. Your efforts matter. The letter to the editor, the respectful feedback you give a merchant, Mm -hmm. the phone call to an elected official. These all carry more weight than you may imagine. Remember that societal change, good or bad, comes about incrementally. I want to draw a highlighter over this one here. Let me start again with it. This point cannot be missed, guys. Remember that societal change, good or bad, comes about incrementally. Be patient and stay faithful. The cataclysmic tipping points, such as Supreme Court decisions, are virtually always preceded by years of efforts Mm. invested by ones who believed in their cause. Yep. Guys, Boom. I, I am I am telling you because so many people are looking for the big thing, the big. But here are these small little things like Will's always talking about the foxes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Here are these small little things that you have to show up for, that you have to be present for, that you have to care an awful lot about. Just a few people caring an awful lot. These small things eventually make big, big changes and they have a huge impact on our culture. Yeah. All right. Last two. Throughout history, the church has been at her best when under pressure. The times in which we live mandate that followers of Christ unify. Mm. Jesus prayed for this. He gives the biblical reference of John 17, 21. And the last one, stay encouraged. The problems of our times appear daunting and powerful cultural voices are squarely opposed to the gospel. But Christians have the Holy Spirit, prayer, and the truth of God's word. And then Alex wrote this. It's not even a fair fight. God's church is on the winning side. Mm. He ends the article with this. Sharon Yale knows what involvement can do firsthand. This mom, he writes, this mom who once made appeals before the school board now sits as a member on the school board. Wow. We just have to care. We just have to care. This is this is what it looks like. It, you just you just have to go. Um, uh, um, you, you just have to care. 
All right. That that's that's a bottom line. All right, Will the Great, let's go to the phone lines. Uh 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Where do we go first? All right, let's go to Garrett in Mississippi. Hi, Garrett. Hello. Thank y'all for having me on today. Yes, sure. sir. Uh, I just wanted to thank both of y'all so much for all that y'all do. Um, my wife and I have been listening to y'all show for about a year now, uh, and it's just through all that AFR and y'all specifically and Abraham do, we have just it's opened our eyes to the importance of uh, family discipleship and how that is our responsibility. So we just thank y'all for for y'all's dedication and your faithfulness. Thank Glory you. to um, God. And I'll, I know y'all have a lot on y'all's plate, but I also have one request I'd like to make of y'all. Okay. We were sitting here talking, uh, my wife and I, and just noticing the new uh, theme that y'all have with Leviathan Parenting. And my wife said I, she needs an upgrade from her Mama Bear shirt. We noticed y'all don't have a shirt right <laughs> now in the AFA store. And we were just hoping that y'all might be able to take some time and design one so my wife can wear it around town and just support y'all <laughs> out and about. Huh. All right. Well, Garrett, thank you for that. <laughs> okay. Well. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Hmm. <laughs> Great idea. Flesh and blood is no. I'm just kidding. All right, Gary, we got you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, where do we go next, Will the Great? All right, let's go to uh, Danielle in Texas. Hi, Danielle. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hello. Hey, hey, guys. Actually, I drive a school bus, and as you got me on the air, my kids are loading. But I just wanted to say I love you. <laughs> I um, listen to Christian radio with my kids here on the bus, and when I'm waiting for them, I turn your show on. And I am an African American Democrat who began listening to your show, and I just want to thank you for all you do, and you're opening my eyes to so many things I did not know about the critical race theory, but I am totally against it, and. Um, I don't have children in school, mine are grown, but I have grandchildren. I will be participating more and speaking out against that because I agree with what the lady said at that school board meeting. And I have some ideas as far as the premarital sex. They always assume that there is only one way, and that is condoms. But I believe if we start some type of movement to bring in young men and women um, to talk about what having sex prior to marriage is done for them, not just having a baby, but emotionally, yes, I think we yes. can make some headway because Aww. the emotional part is huge. So, That's exactly right. Show. I'm so glad I stumbled upon it and um, keep up the great work. Oh, Danielle, thank you so much. I I appreciate Appreciate you calling in and thank you for the work that you're doing. I think if I understood correctly, she says that she drives buses Yeah. and, and, and man, man, glory to God. Listen, we need some people who have the fear of God to have more interaction with our kids. Yeah. Right. Like, and so this is, this is good. Danielle, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, and man, if I could just, you know, pat you on the back and say, okay, you've got grandkids that um, are still, depending whether they know it or not on you being alert and, and giving aid to, I don't know if it's your son or your daughter, but at any rate um, there is work for you to do. So Amen. man, glory to God that you see that. And thank you for calling in. Will the great, where do we go next? Let's go to Ellis in Texas. Hi Ellis. Hello. How are you, sir? Uh, thank you for having me on. I, I greatly you. appreciate it. Uh, so ultimately same before, um, uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. 
Oh, okay, perfect. Oh, so uh, I'm in the military, so I uh, unfortunately I don't get you know a majority of the day with my little ones, right? So I, it's up mm-hmm. early in the morning PT for me, and then I don't get to see my little ones again until dinner time. So um, what you're saying earlier about making sure that we're involved in their lives and involved with what they're learning is that the the main question I ask is what did you learn today? And to me, it's hey, were you paying attention in school? And it allows them to talk about what they learned, so I can glean some of the information. And who who did you talk today? What did you play? That's good. At 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 uh, recess, and so all of these things working together keeps me informed to an extent, you know, without having to be up at the school all the time. Because again, unfortunately, I just can't. But you are correct, ma'am and sir, and making sure that I think today with so many electronics and things of that nature, we are we need to hold people to a a definite higher standard. And if as parents, we feel that work or other aspects of our lives are way too important, then we probably should reevaluate ourselves. And that is. Mm. Wow, thank man, you so much. Ellis, thank you so much, man. Great observation. I'm, I'm telling you, when we go before the Lord, we bring our prayer concerns before the Lord. The Holy Spirit will convict our hearts. Amen. And he will lead us. I trust that. That's why I don't think that anybody needs to say you ought to do this. I think that as Christians, we ought to encourage one another in prayer. Mm. Pray, pray. Why? Because the same God who leads the one who says, hey, you ought to pray, will lead the one who prays. That's right. Right? Like, he he is not a respecter of persons. So he will lead us in what we are to do for our children. Amen. All right. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Trudy in Mississippi. Hi, Trudy. Hi. How are y'all? Good, Hello. good. Yeah. I love, love, love your program. I've got notes all over the house that I've taken. <laughs> and it's just a mess. But anyway, <laughs> my daughter was homeschooled. We homeschooled our kids. And she just graduated from a college here in Mississippi with an elementary ed degree. And mm. she's going like, oh, no. She doesn't want to have to teach the CRT. Should she? Man. I mean, what do they do? I look for a Christian school, look for a state that is trying to ban it or just step in and you know, might lose your job to take a stand or what? Mm. Yeah, man, that that's a, <clears throat> excuse me, that is a great question. And I think that it's going to take a collaborative effort. So I think that it, man, this is so much easier said than done. So mm. weigh what I'm saying, Trudy, right? And, and, and pray with your daughter. But I do think it takes teachers saying, I'm not going to teach that. Yeah. I think Same. it takes teachers saying that not only with critical race theory, but also with the sexual confusion that has made its way into curricula across this country. I think it takes teachers saying, I am not going to teach that. I am not going to lower my expectations of children. And I think a lot of teachers need to be empowered to say, like, it sounds sensational, guys, but I think teachers need to bring with them a genuine disposition where they say, do you really want me to tell black kids that they're stupid? Come on. Do you, you see that? Like, I yeah. think I think teachers need to say, you really want me to tell black kids that there are just some things they can't do. So you you Make want me to lower yeah. my expectations mm. of black kids. Do you really want me daily to traumatize white kids? Do you want me to you want me to call them Klansmen? <laughs> Is that what you're asking? Is that what you really want me to do? Because I put a lot of time, I put a lot of my resources, I put a lot of my effort into learning how to teach kids. And you want me to throw all of that out the window <laughs> because somebody wrote some books? Like, I I just think if we start asking those types of questions, yeah. 
You see, now you put these people back on their heels where they're like, no, 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 that's not what I'm, but no, but that is what you're saying. Mm. You want me to stand in front of the class and divide them over what I think each can do. Come on, man. Hmm. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.